Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was your Halloween. It was very exciting. We went as yeah. Stulu and the Revengers. Excellent. My catchphrase was Alka-Seltzer. Um, Alka-Seltzer. Because Stanley goes, Excelsior. Does he? He does. I didn't know that about Stanley. <laughs> when does he say that? All the time. It's like his 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 own phrase. He invented the I, word. That's really because I do say Excelsior, and I've yeah. always wondered. No, the, why do I say? It? I say it because Martin Prince says it in The Simpsons. Ah, I'm I'm eighty percent positive <laughs> that it's a a Stanley. A, St- a Stanleyism. Stanley Excelsior. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with ballads and booze. Did you say booze? Booze. We do. Say, we have you, Mr. Booze, the Frank Sinatra song from <laughs> Robin and the Seven Hoods. Of course we okay. say booze is an American word. Is it? I think I guess so. like booze hound. I think it is American. Sl- my my gut instinct tells me booze is American slang from American slang from Prohibition. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cool. And do you know what else I just realized? What? Booze. <laughs> but this is after Halloween. People are going to be listening to this. Like, I know, but it's still the season. <laughs> it is. Tis, tis the, the spoopy season. It is. Do you know what's so weird? And I, I, I think we may have talked about this last year. I oh. think we actually did. <laughs> it's going to return. We're just going to have the same conversation um, in parallel. It's st- I still find it so weird you guys don't have Guy Fawkes night. No. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. So I that it seems dangerous in American land to give people permission to like just we'll have recklessly burn things. <laughs> like that sounds like people. You know, Halloween is already dangerous enough in a bunch of yeah. parts of America. Very true. Well, it's you know, it's a treat for everyone. It's true. Um, it's, uh, except should we, for should those... we put our costumes up again this year. Uh, probably. I think that should be a new tradition. It should be. It should be a new tradition. I will. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anyone's privacy, so mine's just going to be a lone Stanley on his yes. own with no Avengers around him. <laughs> and mine is a high concept piece, um, so uh, I'll, I might just leave it open to people's interpretation. And we can you know, it, discuss it in the comments, and it'll be it'll be your guess. We won't tell you which is a picture of who, so you'll have to guess. Because exactly. our costumes we, are so good, it'll be hard to tell which one's Jimmy and which really one's Tommy. It's really going to be difficult to tell. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
there we go. <laughs> who, who, we'll see. Um, Thomas, what are you drinking today? Um, I, this is my first time asking it. That is yeah. your first time asking. <laughs> I have a classy, classy vintage 1920s Berlin champagne. Delicious. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. What are you um, drinking today? The exact same. I, oh, exact same. I we ordered we ordered a bottle. I, I forgot we did. We like, Amazon yeah. primed that 1920s champagne bottle. <laughs> yeah, it was re- it was worth it. Did a know. drone deliver yours? A drone delivered mine. Um, no, we don't have that yet in the UK. I just uh. had a, a, a small boy uh, come to my door and, <laughs> and chat and say, "All right, sir. All right, Is that, mister. You guys, you don't, you guys don't have Amazon, right? You just have to lean out the window and be like, "You there, boy? Run yeah, down exactly. to the champagne store exactly. and buy we, me." <laughs> yeah, we just got the Pony Express. Got it. Um, and so it's, yeah. it's been going really well, though. Yeah. So I think I think we'll probably just stick with it. But it sounds. I mean, you know, you don't have to deal with unions. Oh, so true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so the topic of our podcast today is um, so the film that this musical that we're going to be talking about uh, is based upon is the only Best Picture Oscar winner not to be nominated for any other Academy Awards. Scandal. That's a twister. That still, I also, that still confuses me. I learned, I learned via Twitter that it wasn't even called the Best Picture then. It was called like Outstanding Film or something. Oh, okay. How fascinating. Whatever. To be honest, everyone seemed to get this. this was was, the, I was, I was surprised. Good for you all. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Lots of engagement, guys. That's what we like to see. The musical um, is The Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel. So, Grand Hotel, mm-hmm. um, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. I barely knew it. Yeah, this is a new one for you. Yeah. Um, and it's weird how we come across these every now and then, these shows that don't seem to have paddled across really to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we did have a production over here uh, a wee while back. Yeah. It didn't do very well. And I th- it was there was an original, the original Broadway ended up there. Just a recreation, but only played for a couple months in comparison yeah. to like the multi-year Broadway production. It was like it was one of it broke a thousand again, mm-hmm. um, and hadn't broken the like a musical hadn't broken a thousand I think since Fiddler, since Big uh, Big River, Big River, um, good old Big River, good old Big River. You know, nominated yeah. for twelve Tonys, won five, but yeah, not not popular in the UK. Go figure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's weird because I think. Nowadays, I'm very aware of that happening a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, of the internet. Yeah. Um. But I wonder, uh, kind of back in the day, you know, if if people over here just didn't really hear about it that much because well, I don't think Broadway was hugely talked about. No. And there's no, you know, we don't have Tumblr didn't exist. So how did people get their news? <laughs> I don't know. I, I genuinely <laughs> don't know. Again, just living in that blissful ignorance. We were happy with our, our phantom. Uh, <laughs> we were sitting pretty. Oh, uh, you poor, you poor, poor people. 
exactly. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Grand Hotel, as we hinted at at our in yep. our question, is based on a movie of the same name. Mm-hmm. A 1932 film starring Greta Garbo, John oh, Barrymore, Greta. Joan Crawford. Yeah. Um, Grand Hotel, if you haven't heard of it, is a is one of the defining pieces of black and white American cinema. Absolutely. Um, the I I had never seen it, but in just looking at some um, clips of it online, there are things I recognized from it. Yeah. Um, there are like cinematic techniques that it pioneered. Um, yeah. It was one of the first films to use like 360 degree sets exclusively, like full rooms, not just three quarter round pulled off the stage fourth wall removed yeah sets. little studios yeah um it has the famous line i want to be alone i want to be alone um uh, and I, it, you know, I was a really big greta garbo fan when i was younger really? when I was younger i'm talking like seven <laughs> right i saw right exactly so like it must have been like christmas or one of the holidays uh-huh. um and camille was on uh-huh. i was just so taken with her <laughs> i mean i was doomed from the start but that's true it, you know, I think mean, I was just like, who is this amazing? And just the way that the light, you know that like proper 1930s trope? Yeah. The light just sitting here on your eyes. Yeah, just across the, the eyes. at home, closed <laughs> captioning. Uh, I'm just touching my cheeks. With my Where like the mouth is in shadow and like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that just, that image is seared onto my mind of just seeing Greta Garbo like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so yeah, I, I saw her yeah. eventually. And then um, almost, yeah. you know, not quite a century later, they turned it into a musical. Exactly. Um, I think it, it, it tried to be another musical before that in the 50s. Yeah. Um, so it was the team behind Kismet, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's favourite, I don't know, kind of Arabian uh, <laughs> fantasy musical. It is not my favourite Arabian fantasy <laughs> musical, thank you very much. Sorry, I've put words in your mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so that was in the late 50s, and it was um, the writers of that... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think got approached to make a musical or decided to make a musical um, about Grand Hotel. Uh, and But what they decided to do was change everything. Yeah. Um, so changed all the characters and this, the setting. It was in Rome for some reason. Um, and obviously it didn't work. Nope. Um, so then it was, uh, yeah, about 30 years later, something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. And then... Yeah, Maury Yeston came on board. Maury Yeston Good came on Maury board. Yeston. Another another Yeston and Tommy Toon collaboration after exactly. Nine. Yeah, this was after Nine, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, nine. And it's, it's a crazy um, progression for the whole... So it started as a novel in the 1920s and then was turned into a Broadway play shortly thereafter. And then the play is what was turned into the Greta Garbo movie. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was turned into the musical and then the musical was turned into the musical again yeah and do you know what i think it is interesting despite what happened with the at the grand uh-huh. um, in the 50s it's, it's funny how it, it's always stayed the same story yeah you know i mean very rarely do things change which is crazy um, yeah it's, it's really really interesting because i mean if you think from the, the when well when was the book written 1928 1929 right. 1929 so if you think from 1929 to what 1989 1989 that, yeah that's yeah that's a long time that's a long right? time that's and, 60 old years <laughs> and especially so we haven't actually talked about the plot yet um, oh yeah that's true <laughs> and it's, it is i would wager it is complicated to describe all the portions mm. of this plot there's so much it's just the juiciest little it's a bunch beach. of it's a bunch of people crossing paths in a hotel 
which is yeah. a trope we kind of hand wave nowadays, like people mm-hmm. meeting in an airport, people and meeting in a hotel. Yeah, on a train platform, you in know, an elevator. People, yeah. people exploring racism in America and crashing into each other and crash. Like, yeah. this is a trope that's been compounded upon, but Grand Hotel, the, the film, was the first to kind of yeah. pioneer this. And so the musical tells the story of... Uh, a baron and an accountant who's dying and mm-hmm. an old ballerina and a movie star and on and on and on and how their lives yeah. intersect and don't. And so that's yeah. why it's crazy that the plot has stayed roughly the same over the years because the only thing that really needs to hold it together is that it all takes place at a fabulous hotel in Berlin. Yeah, exactly. Um but I guess that it, what is really good about it are the, the stories. I think I think they're original enough that they aren't cliched. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you know, it's it's not like, um, you know, you've got this ballerina who's wanting to do her her final swan song. The ballerina is actually fading and she's scared. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, you've got this kind of ingenue film star who really wants to do it but doesn't have the same kind of punchy drive as someone like. Millie Dillman or something, you know what I mean, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it, it, I think that, that it just has these nice little unique twists, yeah, um, which give it that extra edge. Yeah. But uh, to me, I think the thing that overall that makes it so strong is its setting. Yes. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. So it's set in Jimmy's favorite time period. Of the entire world, um, <laughs> 1920s, Weimar Germany. How many Weimar um, Germany shows have we done so far? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Um, so this was, if, if those of you who don't know, Weimar Germany was basically Germany on the cusp of World War Two, mm-hmm. Post-war, post the Great War, yeah. um, pre-World War II, um, and it was in this kind of mad people wanting luxury and grandeur mm. and spending far too much that they just can't afford. Yeah. Um, and people were just becoming very desperate. It was a very desperate time. Yeah. yeah. Like um, un- unparalleled. Um, oh, what was the word I was going to use? Never mind. <laughs> unparalleled. Never mind. And it's, it, but it, it's just, it is a fascinating point in history yeah. because it really is. It, it happened to the whole nation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a few select people. It wasn't a, a class group. It was everyone that it affected. And that's an, I think that's the thing is all the characters in this show mm-hmm. are being affected by it. Yes. Um, and we're, we're seeing how fantastic. they cope with these sort of things. And the, yeah. the, not just the changing, not just changing Berlin, but kind of the changing world. Like this, cert- yeah. you know, World War Two certainly came of this and revamped the entire world. But this kind of post-war economy boom mm-hmm. affected everywhere, and the hot yeah. spot of it was Berlin in the twenties. Exactly. Um, so we see. I mean, we see right at the start. We we know exactly when it's happening because the first person to speak is. Um, uh, what is he a, a, a war hero a war doctor he he was injured during the war and is now a doctor um, he's now a doctor right okay. I, I guess i don't um, i don't know specifically if he was a war doctor uh uh-huh. but he okay well, he has a very n- n- cynical <laughs> negative outlook on the world <laughs> exactly he ain't the happiest man Do- dr um, so he- otternschlag 
Yeah, exactly. This is going to be such a great time to hear Tommy try and pronounce <laughs> all of the names. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dr. Ottenschlag, um, he was affected hugely in World War One. severely injured, he's now a morphine addict. So you're mm-hmm. already seeing like the fallout yeah. from that horrible time uh, and you're thrown right into that time period. Um, and then as the doors start spinning and everyone comes in, mm-hmm. um, you start to get a bit more contemporary um, from that. But what's what's his famous line? He's like, nothing it's ever like, happens. It's like, people come, people go, every day is the same. Um, yeah. It's something like that. It's straight out of the movie. Yeah. Great Grand Hotel Berlin always the same people come people go one life ends while another begins and on Amazing. and on and on and on I'd, i'll stay yep. one more day yes that's it that's the bit that's the bit i was thinking dangerous game and a carefree existence only for those with the courage to play and the money to Through the characters, is that a good yeah? Way to... It's a it's a long list. Um, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> the doctor, who is kind of our narrator um, mm-hmm. throughout the thing, um, wh- what's a good order to do this? <laughs> I know exactly. Um, I was going to say the order they appear, but I don't know that. Yeah. So let's go. Should we go from the order of Wikipedia? I think the Wikipedia article is relatively near order they appear. Um, yeah. So first we we meet the doctor. Yeah. And there's the Countess and the Gigolo, who are our visual metaphor for the Grand Hotel. <laughs> exactly. I know. They're, they're your, if you're in a musical theatre amateur group, they are your specialist dancers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think the, the people in the original cast were... Yeah, they choreographed. Like they, they choreographed it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a beautiful... It is a very beautiful dance. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole metaphor is like, um, wh- what are two it's like the there's like a a dialogue scene about it and it's like two of life's creatures who meet or once again something 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 two sworn enemies hold on two households both alike in dignity in fair verona where we lay our scene through ancient grudge break to new mutiny love and death make civil hands you just interrupted my monologue (laughs) excuse me (laughs) A monologue is defined as a speech by a character in a play. Um, <laughs> Actually, I think that was technically a soliloquy. <laughs> they are our um, visual metaphor. They are mm-hmm. love and death. They are, you know, the the tango we all go through and that we're seeing everyone in this musical go through. It's very, it's very high art. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Rona. Who's a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> we don't like her. We don't like Rana. Um, yeah. So she's the what the hotel manager. Mm-hmm. Um and she's she's just very unpleasant. Yep. Generally. Yeah. That's what we'll say about her. <laughs> um and she well, she ruins next person on the list, Eric's life. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Kind of. Um yeah. Eric Tells is about Eric. Tells. Eric is eagerly awaiting um news from uh, his wife, who is mm-hmm. either in labor or about to be in labor. Yep. And it's very, um, it becomes a very grand metaphor near the end. Yeah. To be honest, 
I think he's got the best scenes in the show. Yeah? I don't yeah. know. I would go I would give that to Otto. Otto I have a very soft spot soft okay. spot in my heart mm-hmm. for Otto Kringerline. Kringerline. We're we'll, jumping. We'll get Tommy. to Tommy. We'll we'll get we'll to get. we'll get to him. <laughs> we'll get to him. Because there's um there's some some chorus so the whole chorus of this show is made up of the bellboys and the maids and the telephone operators. Um, yep. And, have I mean, have you seen some clips of this show? I love what Tommy Toon does with yes. the chorus in this show. They're swinging. They're always swinging. They're always dancing behind something. Um, exactly. Like, action is happening and people are dancing behind, which is so different. Yeah. Like, this is, it break, you, I, I bitch about it all the time, but when you're three quarters mm-hmm. of the way through a dance break and you're like, how did we get here? Yeah, Tommy Toon fixes that by having the dance break happen behind the action while it's happening. Exactly. It's some, something I really, really love, um, and I love to put into my shows, is, like, just events happening. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? On the stage. It's like dressing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As long as it fits into your context, yeah. it just creates a beautiful picture. Exactly. And that is exactly what they're there for. And yeah. it, oh, you always get... That's the thing about the shows. There's always a sense of movement. There's, every single everything time there's something is happening. Yeah. The yep. revolving door is always spinning. Always spinning. Yeah. Um, they've got the two Jimmies. <laughs> two Jimmies. <laughs> Which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, we have uh, the chauffeur, <laughs> who is rel- a relatively small um, part, but he's your classic uh, 1920s trope of a gangster in disguise. <laughs> this is I do like in the notes where you wrote the the setting for this is a dark drowsy chaperone. The dark drowsy chaperone. Especially with the chauffeur, exactly. a gangster posing as a chauffeur, you know, two gangsters posing as pastry chefs. Exactly. Filled with words. I'm a chauffeur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah. Um then Zinowitz. And then we reach all of these characters that I don't think are actually in this show. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's jump over. The part there's a lavatory attendant. Yeah, no, He certainly doesn't have any solo lines. There's, I mean, we, we'll get to this, too. But this is one of the reasons this is a fabulously difficult high school production. Yeah, goddamn. Um, but, so, who's important next? Um, next, we have... Uh, Probably... Placing. Oh, yeah. How would you, how would you have said that? Uh... I would pro- I would probably say pricing. Okay. I probably wouldn't fall into pricing. Even. Would you have would you have put a beautiful rhotic R on it though, Tommy? Pricing. Uh, probably I don't think my mouth makes that noise. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but <laughs> who cares? Um so he's apparently a solid burger, according to Wikipedia, and I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, basically, he's like the the businessman. Yes. Um, that's his kind of title. Yes. And he is successful. The or is he desperate as well? Everyone's desperate at some point. Everyone's desperate. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm sure so, someone will correct us on the Reddit. <laughs> I I hope they do. Um, <laughs> then we've got one of the actual main characters. Yes. Tommy, what's her name? Fleischman. Nope. No. Not Fleischman. Nope. How is this? Which would mean Fleischman would mean um, meat man Uh, in German. Uh, So Flemschen. Flemschen? Flemschen. Yeah. So like. Yeah. It sounds. Flemschen sounds like if you if you hawk up some phlegm, but it's tiny and cute. Or it like yes sits on your chin. (laughs) (laughs) You've got (laughs) Flemschen. 
Um, yes, sorry if you're called Flemchen. I don't know if that's a name. First time I've heard it. Um, anyway, so yeah, Flemchen. So she is our, our Millie Dillmon. Yes. She is our... Uh, she's described the pretty young typist with theatrical ambitions. Well, we can all relate to that, can't we? Um, Played by the fabulous Jane Krakowski. Exactly. Early on in her career, too. Yeah, well, this is is now Tony-winning Jane Krakowski. Yes. Well done, Jane. Um, And, yeah, she's... It's a great character. She gets really good dance breaks. Really good dance breaks, really good songs. Um... And good fun. Yes. Good fun. And she's kind of the romantic... Kind of. It's so... Yeah. She she gets the guy in the end. Kind, kind of, of. Yeah. Yeah. She gets a couple of guys. She gets a couple um, of guys. But she's not like that, okay? She's yeah. fucking wholesome. She, do, she, she does get a happily ever after. She's one of the characters yes. who gets a, at least, m- moderately uplifting happily ever after. Yes. Exactly. Um, then we've got Tommy's fave. Ugh! Otto, Otto Kringerlein... <laughs> Kringerlein. Kringerlein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kringerlein. Uh, played he, by the fabulous man you absolutely should know, Michael Jeter. Michael Jeter. He won the Tony, yeah? He won the Tony. Yeah. His Tony speech is in the show notes right now, and you should watch <laughs> it's it. It's already there. Because We've not even typed them, and it's it there. It is <laughs> so touching. And I have a whole section on Michael Jeter later, so I will save it. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be lovely. Um, then we've got Baron Felix von Geigen. I would say may, I would say he's one of the other protagonists. Yeah, definitely. And he's the he has a lovely arc, yes. doesn't he? Yes. Lovely arc. Um starts off you think he's a bit shifty. Yeah. Um but ends up redeeming himself um mm-hmm. and also, you know, some bad things might happen to him. He gets shot. He does. I wasn't going to spoil, but spoil mine. And apparently, he's young, athletic, charming, optimistic, and broke. Aren't we all? Can't we all relate to that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we've got oh, Raffaella. Yeah, uh, one of the most famous of the Ninja Turtles. Um, Yes, (laughs) amazing. Yeah, yeah, it would take me so long because I always thought uh-huh. because you know it was she she's a dresser. Yes, and you know the play the dresser. The dresser, yes. So I just instantly now think of dressers as male. Ah, right. So for so and because Raphael, I was like, oh okay, Raphael, uh-huh. a male dresser, uh-huh. right? And then played by Karen Ackers, I was like, that's a funny <laughs> boy's name. Karen um, but dresser to the much more important character. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, all right, <laughs> Elizaveta. I got that one right. Yeah. <sighs> Sign to outbreak up. <laughs> Grushin Kaya. I would say like ninety seven point five six percent correct. You just missed an S. Grushin Kaya. Grushin Oh, I did miss that S. You did, but <laughs> that's yeah. That was a great effort. Yes. Pl- played by. Played by. Um. Well. Lillian Montevecchi doesn't matter because Montevecchi Montevecchi because yeah, later yeah. in the run played by the fabulous Sid Charisse exactly much more importantly <laughs> I and I have we should pause so I can show you this video oh excellent so this is 
they aired this while um, it was on Broadway, and it has my favorite out-of-the-door interview I've ever seen. Sid Charisse is fabulous, wonderful. I'd like to see the show two more times. I loved it so much. Why? What's it, what could possibly she be that good? She is fantastic. Her movements, her dancing, her voice, everything about her is terrific. So you didn't like her very much? I loved her. <laughs> I'm going to see it twice more. When? As soon as I could get tickets, my husband works in this area. Okay. <laughs> my husband works in this area. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's ridiculous. I'm literally basing a character. I'm writing a character at the moment, and it's her. It's literally her. Oh, what a woman! And she, is she the only interview? She is. Yep. The rest is just like <laughs> um, footage Sid from the show. They're like, we got it. We got our clip. That's all we need. That is it. Just have that as the commercial. You yeah. didn't need to show the show. You know, I'm screw sold. the rest of the podcast. Let's just listen to that lady again. Exactly. God, <laughs> I wish my husband worked in this area. Jesus. Um, amazing. What a woman. Yeah. Um, well, you can enjoy that, team. Um, then more chorus. Yeah. Do, uh, do a bunch more Oh, we don't really say what Elisaveta was. Oh, yes. Um, the fading ballerina. She is. She is. Quite a tragic little character. Yes. Isn't she? Oh. Um, and... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> Everyone else is like filler. So, you ready? Um, Here's the quiz. Get. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> How do you pronounce? <laughs> no, but it's, um, it is it is an, it is a tour de force ensemble cast. Right. That's a lot of characters. I don't I don't think well no, I probably can't, could name other musicals that have that many. But th- they all have a big part to play. They all have a huge part. Um, each one of them goes through some kind of change and interacts with Mm -hmm. some of the others. And like, I think that's one of the cool, that's what makes this a mystery show in a lot of ways is Mm -hmm. you're not guaranteed that everyone's going to interact with everyone. And so once you get, once it's put in your mind that these strangers in a hotel are going to start meeting each other, you start trying to connect it and figure it out and you'll never know if you're right. Exactly. That's one of the very exciting things about this show to me. Definitely. And it, it, it doesn't do the obvious things. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't play the obvious cards. Um, which is great. It, it actually, it reminds me of, okay, niche mm-hmm. reference time, guys. Um, so, you know Clue? Yes. In the UK, it's called Cluedo. Who knows why? <laughs> um, so, there's a game based on Clue. The board game. There's a game, the board game. based on the yeah, board there's, game. There's a, a computer game oh, based okay. on the board game. Yes. Um, yeah, not another game. That's a weird string of adaptations. And it's it's basically like a point-and-click RPG. Okay. A point-and-click adventure uh-huh. about like using the characters, some supplementary characters. Um, and it's the same kind of idea, like Dr. Black... Um, well, Dr. Black has invited them out to his um, hotel uh-huh. or ch- chateau or whatever uh-huh. um, at New Year. Uh and then the cable car breaks and uh, Dr. Black is, is found dead um, and it's working out, you know, classic, who killed him? <laughs> um, but it's that, it's that same vibe. You've got yeah. all of these characters coming together. you got to connect in them. all and... their, like, uh, individual personalities. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a secret. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, re- it's, yeah. it's, it's such an exciting some, trope. It, this, whole, this show is like a murder mystery without the murder to start it all off in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I want to be that girl in the mirror there I want to be that girl with golden hair Up on a silver screen most everywhere in the world 
Holly. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go. I swear that girl in the mirror, that girl in the mirror is going to go to Okay, so because of all of these five million characters, mm-hmm. um, it ain't easy. No, it ain't an easy show. It's an expensive show, casting wise. Yep. Just because you need a bunch of people. Like, if you're going to, especially if you're going to do it on Broadway, you need a bunch of really good actors or actors with names or something. Um, yeah. And that's hard and expensive. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Very, very expensive. And because as well, the set demands a certain aesthetic that's true although i do very much enjoy um a lot of the original broadway's use of just like moving chairs yeah the chairs are the chairs are are great there's lots of them like like there's there's a certain minimalism isn't the right word but like a necessitism to it Right. If, if minimalism I, yeah. is staging minimally and necessitism is staging just with the necessary pieces. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it moves around so much and yeah. it's such a high speed. You couldn't do this naturalistically. Yes. You just couldn't. You absolutely um, So, no, it's, it's, it's done very, very well. Um, and, but basically, I think the reason why it, it's just not, um, that it's not really known here mm-hmm. is because... Norm- normally, you know, if a show from Broadway doesn't do very well, it it lives on in Amdram. Yes. Um, but I I've never heard of an Amdram group doing this. Nope. And I can't see how they could. No, it takes too many people. It works really well for like a booming high school theater department, maybe. Uh huh. Where you have too many good people to cast, or a lot of mediocre people to cast. Yeah. And so you want to spread the mediocrity around. Um, yeah, but I've only ever heard of high school productions of this, mm-hmm. and I think I think high school will be fine. I think if you were wanting to do it at like semi pro level, yeah, um, it'd be really tough because it's 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 a tough show, not just by casting but also just by the way that the show is structured. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You need it's because it, there's so much going on. You've got all of these characters yeah. that actually, if you read, are reasonably well developed. Yeah. That you know, I mean, it's not just throwing a bunch of people in. You're like, who are all these people? No, they all have backstories on? and problems all, and families, and yeah, and all got they've all got these great arcs, yeah, um, that are laid out. But it's very, very detailed, yeah. Um, and you need you need to be a very, very confident, strong director, mm-hmm. I think, to approach this because it, it would take it takes a lot of work. Um, it was interesting. The, there was a production uh, recently uh, in London at Southwark, mm-hmm. and it kind of received like good to mixed reviews. Okay. Um, and one of the main things that it kind of shook up was it focused quite a lot. Well, basically, it changed the ending. Really? Um, yeah. So instead of just ending with uh, the happy gang, you know, well, some people being happy, some people not, right? And the the um, Colonel guy 
being like you know repeating his line uh-huh. um they focused a lot more on what was about to happen in the okay. world and show off uh the fact that nazism was that, on the rise that the war is coming so they were much more cabaret bent about it exactly exactly um and i, I don't know how i feel but i think i kind of like it some people said it was just a bit too much yeah and it kind of spoiled all the good that had come before uh-huh um and it was just, it was a bit detracting because it, it was obviously shoehorned in. Right. You know I mean, that's right. not in the script. It's, it's not a show about the, you know, under... The rise of... Na- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not. It's, it's about that specific time. Right. Um, and whereas Cabaret as well has these numbers that are almost... Um, uh, got these numbers that are much more able to be analysed mm-hmm. um, and a bit more abstract. Yeah. Whereas Grand Hotels, there's the songs are you know exactly what's going exactly. on. Exactly, and like as much as these are very much shows of an era, Cabaret mm-hmm. does seem very slightly set a couple years later, a little yeah. closer to World War Two, yeah. um, which m- in some ways makes all the difference. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I think that's the thing is I think it, as a director, think thinking about the show, I'd be like excited. Because it would be such a challenge, uh-huh. but I think I'd just land off intimidated and go do something a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I wonder well, if that is and, one of the reasons And something why. easier to sell. Like, yeah. Grand Hotel, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a story about a bunch of people in a hotel. Oh, can you be more specific with the, with the plot? Well, let me pull up the Wikipedia article with 30 characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Do you have half an hour? Yeah, you've, <laughs> you've already lost me. This is why yeah. they had that lady talking about Sid Charisse outside the theater. Exactly, that's all you need. <laughs> anyone else who tries to explain the plot, and it's going to be longer than your 30-second commercial. <laughs> exactly. You just ask, who's in it? Yeah. Sid Charisse, I'm there. Let's yeah, exactly. go. I'm um, going to see it at least two more times. At least two more times. <laughs> Type. so specific i love that um yeah so th- i think that's probably one of the reasons why yeah uh it's, it's not done that much more over here is it i mean it, you said beyond high school you never really hear beyond high school i never it. really hear about it and it's always yeah. you know the you need a very specific kind of high school theater program to do grand hotel grand hotel is not the kind of big reveal you do at the theater night at the end of the year <laughs> where people are like yeah grand hotel i've been waiting for years to play otto von kugenblatt like yeah it's not yeah. you know the grand hotel takes a lot of convincing of your kids there's also uh-huh. love them to death there's a lot of very pushing um high school productions on youtube that right i have i have a soft spot in my heart for and then turn off after 15 seconds um yeah so i think it takes a very kind of a very specific kind of theater department it's also very light on some technical requirements um mm-hmm. especially considering a lot of popular shows nowadays like most pop you know it's not little shop of horrors you don't have to make a plant it's not beauty yeah. and the beast you don't need a beast costume they're just people they're in a place where people actually exist nothing is magic nothing is fantastical they do yeah people things in a people place and then they leave yep yeah so, so there you go. I think that makes it popular as a high school production in yes. some specific scenarios. Yeah, definitely. But hey, directors out there, do it in the UK. I want to see a production. Yeah. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Bonjour. Again, I love, he love, it's love. Bonjour. Bonjour, amour. Il m'aime, je l'aime, et moi, je dis bonjour. I know he's young. So many things about him are unsure. But to be sure, I know my heart. And in my heart I sing Bonjour à l'amour So should we talk a little bit about the music? Absolutely. So, what is what I do find really interesting mm-hmm. about the way that the show was developed. So obviously the writers, um, Mr. Wright and Mr. Forrest, mm-hmm. uh, were the ones that worked on Kismet. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who wrote the book as well. Um, and together they made the music for At the Grand, which is the Roman yeah, version exactly. of Grand Hotel. Yeah. Um, which didn't work. And then once Tommy Toon got brought on board to direct, mm-hmm. um, it was then he was like, well, I've just worked with Maury Yeston and Nine. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on. Mm-hmm. He'll make it really good. Uh, and so he brought his cards to the table. So you, what you've ended up getting is this why was he's like chimeric musical it's yeah. a chimera um because do you know what that word means nope i'm typing it into google right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> so a, chim- a chimera is um a, a greek mythological beast um with the head of a lion uh the body of a goat and the tails of a snake okay yeah um and it basically just means uh mashed up together yeah very um yes for better or worse Mm -hmm. um and it's interesting because there's sometimes you're like it works there's sometimes you're like it works this is i mean there are good things to say about this musical i think Uh there are some good songs in this show but there's Uh this is not a show that sees a lot of love on cabaret nights this is right. not a musical with songs that end up on performers' greatest hits albums. Like, yeah. while the while there are good songs in this show, they're not great songs. Yeah, it's, it's weird because I think a lot of them are actually quite good audition songs. Yeah, because they're not they're not they're, poorly written in terms of what they are. Right, it's just. I don't know. They, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. Yeah, there's some, there's something, there's something funky about the music in this musical. Yeah, and not funky in a jive way. Right, not funky in a funky town kind of way. Um, exactly. Funky and like, town is not in this musical. Like, I want to go to Hollywood. I like uh, take a glass together. I love. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let's pause for a second. Talk about my, maybe my baby loves me, <laughs> which I've decided to call the bottoming song. <laughs> Yes. What do you mean by that? Right. Okay. I want you to now, know, knowing that that is what I heard, uh-huh. um, I want you to listen to it right now, and it won't take you long to understand what I'm talking about. So it turns out she didn't bottom today. She didn't bottom um, today. She didn't bottom today. She didn't bottom today. She didn't bottom today. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, <laughs> I first into, I was like what? What, yeah. what are they saying? It uh, took me because the, the thing that's the thing about obviously I'm not seeing the fact that right. you know these are Charleston men. Um, yeah. Like it was just I was just hearing these words. And I was like, what the hell? 
so what are you talking about? I noticed this in my listen through this time around. Um, I love mm-hmm. Take a Glass Together, which also yep. has uh, the two Jimmys singing underneath it. Um, yeah. And their, their scatting is rubber dub, rubber dub, rubber dub. Rubber dub 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 dub, which is much more specific than what I thought it was in my mind. In my mind, it's ba ba dub ba ba dub dub dub, which is not a verb. Is not like like rubber dub dub rubber rubber dub. Me has uh-huh. seen to me has more meaning than ba ba dub ba ba dub dub dub. Ba ba dub 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 is just like fake singing yeah. words. Where rubber dub rubber dub rubber dub, like are we taking a bath? Um, and exactly. Not it's and not. Sh- she didn't have a day. She didn't have a day. It's she didn't bottom today. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't bottom today. Um, I must say though, fantastic. It's a like beautiful. I think song. Maybe, maybe my baby loves me. And it, you know, you get those songs after your first listen to you. You get the ones that stick out. Yeah. And you remember it and you go straight back to. Yeah. That was my first one. Really. It, maybe because of the bottoming comment. Maybe probably. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but I think just because it was. It was just, I, I just liked the construction. I thought those mm-hmm. characters pushed through the cast recording really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for only appearing in two numbers. Yeah. Bravo, the Jimmies. Yeah. All, I'm, are you sure it's just not because they were named after you? Uh, yeah, I actually find that really jarring. I always do. <laughs> always do. And it's like, because you know how, like, Jimmy's such a character name? It is like, such a character name. No one normal is ever called Jimmy. No. Apart from Jimmy Olsen. But, like... Um, <laughs> It's always like a little boy, uh-huh. um, or in Scotland, Jimmy's actually like the name you would say, like, um, to like if you're talking about oh Jimmy down the street. Do uh, you know what I mean, it's that to, like our yeah, old old right. John Doe. Yeah, exactly. Tom Dick um, or and Harry. I, I just find it so jarring because nobody's nobody's actually called it. Yeah, I mean, some obviously some people are, but um, <laughs> it's I anytime I hear it, I'm just like oh that's my name. Oh, uh, it's so weird hearing it at like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, I, I, looking at this list of songs, like, what is that yeah. one? What I mean, is that? Like, I, wonder, what I think is it would that? be if if you're new to this musical, um, on your first listen through, don't do too much Wikipediaing. Just tell. Let me tell you that some of the songs in this musical are written by Maury Eston, and some of the songs in this musical are written by Wright and Forrest, and you can yep. tell the difference, kind of. I think you really can, particularly when it comes to use of on uh, use of the chorus. Yeah, absolutely. And so it would I think it would be an interesting exercise to sit down and guess who, you know, yeah. sort them into their columns. Yeah. And see if you win. Yeah. And if you win, uh <laughs> congrats. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's but not not I I wouldn't say the music is bad. No, it's, it's not like, it's oh, not a, it's not a slight. It's just an interesting uh, you know, an interesting tidbit. Um, yeah, I think it, I don't know. I think as well, it's like the way the way that music is used in this show. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, it's not stupidly done. No, um, I'm now I'm forming this idea as I talk, so it could go horribly wrong. <laughs> but it, because this, th- there is such a tight narrative going on mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. To make it a musical, those songs really need to lend themselves yeah. to that narrative. Yeah. So actually what you find in each of the songs is a lot happens. Yeah. A lot happens in them. Yeah. Um, and that can be quite hard to follow sometimes. So I don't know whether maybe yeah. listening to it the first time, 
I was just like, whoa, because I was just getting caught up in the story and mm-hmm. I couldn't actually hear. Right, you're not listening songs. to the words. That's really interesting because I, when you were halfway through the thought you were making, in yeah. my mind, I was thinking about how most of these thong, these thongs, thong, the thong, mm-hmm. thong, thong, um, yep. seem hey, very um, uh, self-reflective and mm. characters reciting their thoughts, which to me is a separate category from progressing the plot. But yeah. I do agree with you that a lot happens during these songs, and they often they end in a place different than where they started. They um, do. Would, well, because if you think... So if you think of one... I'm just going to try and pick one out. Um, uh, what's the one where the Baron and the ballerina get together? See? What you need, Love Can't Happen... One of them. Is that love I think maybe happen? love can't happen. Let's go for that. Okay. Um, well, Bonjour Amour is the one that uh, she wakes up in the morning, so maybe it's what you need. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's one again. I would say is very self-reflective, mm-hmm. right? But you know what's happening. You know that they're going into a little tryst, yeah. and uh, you know what's shaking. Yeah. Um, and then Bonjour Amour, kind of the same, the same way. It's, it's more of like a a, a a nice love ballad between the two. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, there's it's their own thoughts. So it, I think it's a, a little bit of both. Yeah. So it, maybe in in our slating of the music, we're actually discovering this yeah. genius. Yeah, maybe. I it's, maybe that's it. It is. It is very in the same way that people tell me. Um, Sunday in the Park needs a bunch of listens to get into. I do yeah. think Grand Hotel is worthy of a couple listens. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not... In in in, in the same way that uh, with Sunday, I wasn't compelled to go straight back and listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Unless I'd be more than happy to go for it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... And it's... I think that's still a slight to it. Like, it's not... Mm. I'm not parroting that as like, well, look at this wonderful thing this musical did. It was confusing. Mm. Um... But uh, there's something, 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 something is up with this musical. Something, yeah. Um, and this is why I would love to see it staged. I yeah. would absolutely love to see it staged because I feel, obviously, we're missing book. Right. Um, but I, I want to know, I want to know staging. I want to know interaction because I know, I think there are moments where you like see things in one room and there's yeah. stuff going on in another room. Mm-hmm. I want to know what those moments well, and are. It, it moves as quickly as a farce just without the comedy. Um, yeah. And you can, like, the we did rumors in high school and let me tell you mm-hmm. my first read through alone of rumors was one of the most difficult times i've ever had reading a play yeah and rumors is a relatively simple farce but just mm-hmm. like keeping characters straight and who thinks what and who is intersecting Absolutely. with why and it's yeah. just a one room farce um yeah. or like so- noise, noises off noises off you know i mean just I mean, keeping track of all the characters know. it really helps when you can see them it really helps when you can track you know how how they're interacting with each other yeah um, this this yeah. seems like a musical to see like shakespeare yeah. is a play to see exactly um i think as well one of the things that i do have a, not a slight issue with but i think it would have made it easier mm-hmm. um is the use of theme yes and that there doesn't seem to be any there's lots of reprise mm-hmm. great good yeah. work um 
but in but terms of no actual like, musical theme, do you know exactly. what I mean? Or anything it, close to that. There's no, there's none that I could pick out that's like, this instrument means this character, or this melody line means this thing. Like, yeah. those cheats that Sondheim gives you, that Lynn exactly. gives you. Like, there's, and I'm sure it's because, two, you know, three different people wrote this musical. Um, and I think that's the thing. It's like, if, <clears throat> if you've got these songs that were already standing, you know, it's a bit Shan to make more yes and come in and just rewrite those songs that exactly. isn't what he would have wanted to do so he would want to put his own stamp on it so that that instantly stops you from being able to right. to have that that vibe um but i think that would make it musically a little bit easier to mm-hmm. follow yeah for sure maybe perhaps i am not an expert so i i, I couldn't say but i don't know i think that's it maybe more bottoming songs yes songs definitely i mean bottoming. that that's the feedback you give to every musical though right absolutely absolutely <laughs> i phoned steven Sondheim up after i saw smini todd i was like steven you're a gay man where's the bottoming songs <laughs> is what i said to him i said and then he was like jimmy he's like jimmy I'm you're right <laughs> i'm going back to my lobby right now and i think that's what the new musical is going to be about <laughs> I think <laughs> Sweeney Todd, the demon twink of Fire Island. I'm into it. I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> what a great parody that would be! Like, oh my god, uh, that is so good. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, like he lures them in for sex and then murders them, and then it's is... the Fourth of July, starring Andrew Keenan Boulder. Yep, and he is the demon, the demon twink of Fire Island, and he's got and... He's, he's got some like uh, gay fly. Um, you know, lady friend who bakes them into pies. Absolutely. Which she Bag serves at her item. brunch yep. shop. <gasps> oh, Christ. We're going to get on Champagne this. Champagne brunch. Copyright. I think this is... Yeah, I'm sorry. We're, we're totally... Copyright. This is ours. <laughs> this could work. <laughs> uh, he needs a different name from Sweeney Todd. We'll leave that up to the commenters. It needs to sound yep. like Sweeney Todd, but be gayer. Teeny bod. <laughs> Dead. I'm dying. I'm on the floor. That's it. Good night, everybody. Amazing. Tip your waiters. Stunning. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm actually weirdly excited. Teeny um, bod. Anyway. The demon bod. twink of Fire Island. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. <laughs> If that isn't going to be appearing on Hollywood Boulevard, like, within the year, I will have not have done my job properly. Attend the tale of Teeny Bond. Teeny Bond. Andrew Keenan Bolter is perfect casting as well. We can cast this later, okay? The rest stays the same. His face was pale as I was on. <laughs> oh, right. No, I'm totally, I'm for this. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the music's so yeah. weird. Yep. out of prose, mister, so let there be rhythm and let it be loud. The tune can be smooth or bouncy or blue. I'll make you proud. Just watch me dance. Who couldn't dance with you? So next up on our list, mm-hmm. before we get Tommy's monologue about Michael Jeter... <laughs> 
um, is Forbidden Broadway. Forbidden We've Broadway. never talked about Forbidden Broadway. Which is surprising. Well, you know, it's, Forbidden Broadway doesn't talk about us, so... Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Christine Petty. <laughs> I wish I was looking at Christine Petty. Oh, God, man. I want to so get good. drunk with Christine Petty. Oh, that can be our aim, all right, for all New right. York. I like it. That is 100% our aim. <laughs> like, this is what your money is going towards, people, buying Christine Petty drinks. That's true. And see, if you get drunk with Christine Petty, you take out, you just knock out all of everyone you'd actually like to get drunk with. Right. Because you yeah, close exactly. your eyes. Yeah, They're all there. Just bring a there. selection of wigs. Exactly. And Done. You'll be fine. Austin. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, Forbidden Broadway. For those of you who don't know what Forbidden Broadway is, maybe one day we'll do an episode. Maybe. Probably. We probably will, because we're going to run out of musicals eventually. <laughs> um, so, it's an off-Broadway review. Yeah, long-standing um, off-Broadway review. So, like, it's been going a while. Yeah couple decades um and basically they just parody the songs that are on broadway at the moment or if there's any big names flying about Mm -hmm. they'll parody them um and it's the songs are so smart they're so funny they're so great i remember the first time i was like but this is this is standalone yeah they're so funny and they're they are like if you if you are the person who listens to this podcast and are a musical theater nerd like us it is filled with your humor there are jokes they make that leave me rolling on the floor that i could never explain to anyone absolutely and it contains the best pathological impression i've ever heard Do you agree? Would you I, agree? I do agree. Do you know my, my favorite Forbidden Broadway um, video clip? Carol Which? Channing went to go see Forbidden Broadway, and they uh-huh. catch her, much like our Grand Hotel lady friend, just outside the theater, um, to get a soundbite, like, what does Carol Channing think about Forbidden uh-huh. Broadway? And infamously, they always have a male drag queen be carol channing in forbidden yep. broadway which is hilarious to begin with but so yep. she comes out and they're like carol what do you think of the show and she goes oh well he did carol channing better than i do carol channing it's amazing and tommy was that drag queen, that was and that gentlemen. that drag queen was tommy it was tommy what would be your drag name um tulita tulita pepsi I'm sad you know you it. I can't pass it off as my own joke. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you know a bigger Susan Blackwell fan about <laughs> myself? Get out. Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. I've not heard that one. Is that another one of hers? That's all. That's also from Title of Show. They're both in Title of Show. Dorothy Chandler Pavilion yep. is in Title of Show. Is in Title I of Show. that in the production I saw. Okay, maybe they cut that line out. <laughs> understand it. Um, um, my, my boyfriend's drag name, if he, when he... We'll do drag music. <laughs> I love the when. I yeah. love the use of when there. That was um, because we're from Chicago is... Oh, you might not know that. Do you know the Great Chicago Fire? Sure. Did the whole, all of Chicago burnt down in the 1900s. Cool. It was started by a cow. You don't know any of this? Oh my god. No, it started by a cow? Well, for those of Why you... Why do under- great fires always start with the most stupid things? Great Fire of London was starting a bloody baker's. A cow a kicked cow. over a land. Oh my god, it's Into the Woods. Uh, it is Into the Woods, basically. <laughs> oh my god, the next one's going to be done by a witch. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. his drag name is Mrs. O'Query, because Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked... Uh, it's, it's really funny, and you don't understand, because you don't I'm live in America. I'm laughing so hard. I am laughing so hard. <laughs> 
Great. Uh, anyway, so the reason we're talking about Forbidden Broadway, Forbidden Broadway obviously has par- uh, parodied Grand Hotel in a segment which they've called Grim Hotel. So I um, actually haven't heard this one, of all have things. Have you not? Uh, it's on volume three. It's on the Carol Channing volume. Really? Yeah. I must have. So there's a bunch of Forbidden Broadway that I listened to before I knew the musicals. And right, so okay. it just doesn't exist in my mind because I had nothing yeah. to pair it with. Yeah, so this is yeah, so this is a great for volume three is really good because it's got Miss Agon on there, uh, and we've got Phantom. Well, we've got Michael Crawford. Okay, um, Carol Channing's obviously there. Grand Hotel. There's there's lots of good fun to be had. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing is I don't like to listen to the songs uh-huh. of shows that I don't know yet. Right, because there's no they're not funny. Exactly, exactly. You don't really get the jokes. Yeah. Um, but one of the big things to parody in this is all the use of chairs. <laughs> There's a lot of bloody chairs um, in this production. So, yeah, go listen to Forbidden Broadway. Any Forbidden Broadway, you'll find something. They're doing a whole show on Hamilton right now. I'm sure when the album comes out, it'll be great. Lynn's seen it twice. Well, there you go, everyone. It must be good. Grim Hotel. Grim Hotel. Grand Hotel. Hotel. This is the Grim Hotel. What number are you calling? Oh, you want Dr. Von Shrapnel Limpleg. Would you mind calling back? He's in the lobby, shooting up. Das gut. Metal stairs, rigid chairs, sets with black girders showing. Missing walls, dusky halls, somber lights faintly glowing. Whores and thugs, morphine drugs, death with blood overflowing. Sex and sin in bleak Berlin, you're in the grim hotel. <laughs> okay, Tommy, we've come to that part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that point we reach every week where exactly. I talk about Michael Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jeter segment, so, which we call Jeter's Teeter. No, <laughs> that could have been really funny. If I thought something, that would have been really funny. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> Thanks. That's just a natural comedian. Um, okay, so Michael Dieter plays Otto. Otto? Otto von Kringerluber? Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> and tell us a little bit about Otto. What's going on with him? Otto is um, terminally ill. He is a terminally ill bookkeeper and has mm-hmm. decided he's done not living life. And so he's going to go out in style and decadence at the Grand Hotel where he's blowing yep. his money, all the rest yep. of his life savings, on living extravagantly. Exactly. And also, very important note, he is Jewish. Yes. Um, which we all know at that time wasn't the best of us to, be. to be. So, um, But Michael Jeter, you've seen one of his first movie roles. Did you know that? I think so. I do fully recognize it. It's uh, one of his first motion picture roles was in Hair, as featured on episode. Yes, and I now know exactly who he is. 16, 17, 18. Um, he is the pretty it. white boy with yep. um, painted toenails in White Boys Are So Pretty. That's one of Michael yep. Jeter's first role. Like, ass bear, boom, yep. done. Um, Michael Jeter is one of those oh that guys you've seen in a bunch of movies. He's uh-huh. the bad guy in Airbud, um, the clown. Have you seen Airbud 
It's a no, very that is that the dog? That's the dog that plays basketball. Basketball, yeah. Okay. Um, you can see why I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> um, he's been in. He's in Sister Act two. He yeah, plays he's the one of the, the one of the monks with the mustache. Um, yeah. He's in. I think it's the. Is it the Bette Midler Gypsy as Mr. Goldstone? Um, yes, it is. Oh my god, I forgot about that see? one. Yeah. He's totally... He's in the, one of my favorites, Mrs. Santa Claus, starring Angela Lansbury, Jerry Herman Great, as um, Arvo. You may remember him from the uh, old, old watch with me, where I can't figure out his name throughout the whole thing. Um, he's in Mouse Hunt. Uh, he's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He's in Patch yep. Adams. He's yep. in uh, he's <gasps> in the Green Mile. I didn't even mention that. He's Dell um, yeah. with the with the Creole accent. Um, he's in Jurassic Park three, like all over the place, um, yep. and is just a lovable, kindly, wonderfully talented, forward thinking actor. Um, mm-hmm. And side note, I learned most of this from a beautiful youtube series that i'll put a link to uh michael jeter's episode in the show notes called no small parts um it's a series on all of the oh that guy or oh that girl from movies where you're like that i recognize that person where do i recognize that person from that's michael jeter so um grand hotel was in a lot of ways one of his bigger breaks uh Mm -hmm. it's his first and only musical broadway musical um he was on stage in a play once, I believe, um, that Tommy Toon had worked on or directed or something, and Tommy right. brought him on for Grand Hotel, and critics and everyone else loved him. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely adored him. Um, and you will, too, if you watch his Tony performance in Take a Glass Together, which yep. I think is one of the most stunning pieces of musical theater choreography this side of 1900s it's Uh, fascinating it's absolutely fascinating choreography he moves in ways i just can't physically comprehend yeah um he's so the conceit of the song is uh he's uh the baron has encouraged him to invest a bunch of money in stocks and he made a bunch of money back and so now he's like baron let us let me drink to your health and they're getting drunk together um and you just watch him progressively get drunk and it's one it's a great one all the um the maids and chorus and people are dancing with their backs to you behind them Mm -hmm. um just to for no reason other than to make the scene more interesting and then the way he slowly gets drunk and falls across this bar and launches himself across the stage like you'd have no idea a man's body could move like that yeah it's, it's physical acting yeah. perfection masterclass. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't realize uh, mm-hmm. he was he's dead. Yeah. Um, 2003, he passed away. Um, yeah. It's it's sad on a couple different counts. He, uh, Michael Jeter, was a, a vi- he's has been outwardly gay his whole life. Um, you know, m- made no claims to hide it, but kind of yeah. 
also never made a big deal about it because he didn't want you know hollywood you don't want to be pegged as a gay actor um, and was living hiv positive for quite a long time and passed away of nothing related to hiv um he had a a sudden brain aneurysm i think oh no epileptic seizure epileptic seizure Um, just out of nowhere unexpectedly um and the reports across the world were like died of hiv related complications and it's just not true um it's Gosh, very sad. In 2003, yeah. like yeah, um, right together. But just um, a just a wonderfully great human being. Um, every interview you see with him, he's just so nice. There's a great. It's in no small parts. I think he's on some late night talk show. It's like Letterman or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how his original intent was to go into medicine, I believe. Um, wow. And he it wasn't working he wasn't learning anything i hope i have this story right um Uh and he was like his plan acting wasn't working out he wasn't getting in any auditions and so he was gonna go to mortuary school and he was gonna learn to be a mortician because he was done with dealing with people he's like you know what i can be on my own live alone and then he got a call for a callback and was like well i guess i'll do this and then his career took off amazing and he won a Tony. He like, won a Tony. That's no small feat. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad he won a Tony. It's one of those, like, you can totally tell, because in the, the Tony Awards performance, mm-hmm. um, the way that they start it is the way that they start the show, so everyone comes in. Uh-huh. Um, and he gets by far the biggest cheer. Oh, yeah. Even with Jane Krakowski being there. Yeah. He still wins. Yeah. Um, and you know you always get, every year, on every season on Broadway, you have the lovable character. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he undoubtedly was, yeah. was that he lovable character. Just so lovable. And so, like... He plays this character very well. He mm-hmm. is an amazingly versatile actor. If you look at yeah. the the broad swath of things he's he's played, it's amazing how different every other role is. Yeah. So props to you, Mr. Dieter. Here, here. Big bushy mustache, friendly smile. Looked like what an old man the moment he turned 23. Yeah. As all the best people do. <laughs> Why or whether we'll spend each moment yes, we will. as it moves us. Some come by comrade, comrade. nip the nectar of the day. Sweet nectar, sherry, Campari, Scotch whiskey, chartreuse, a cognac, an absinthe frappe. So that was the Grand Hotel <laughs> set in Germany.
Uh, yes, with your <coughs> per- why? Why? If <laughs> that's the worst German teacher I've ever had. I know. France and Germany are really close together. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to know what we're doing next week? Absolutely. Well, lucky for you, I've got a quiz question prepared. <laughs> During its preview. An unexpected technical malfunction forced Patti Lapone to double as cleaning lady. What musical? Hmm. Please head over to iTunes yes. and uh, drop us a little review um, about what you think about our words. <laughs> Please do. Our... If you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, Jimmy. Hi, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle is at as in Hendrix and it's the same on YouTube. It's like I surprised you. Uh, I'm Tommy. I'm <laughs> at Musical time. Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or our show Twitter is at Jim and Tomic. Or you can go to our website, jimandtomic.com, which is a link to our Reddit discussion where we like to talk. We like great to talk. discussions again last time. That's true. We're doing Every really time. well on You're Reddit. Actually. All lovely people. Yep. Lovely, lovely people. And you should tell your lovely friends about our lovely show. Yeah, only the lovely ones. Only the lovely ones. Lovely. All they are is lovely. Um, Thanks, Tommy. (laughs) I'm I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I think what we could do is just package this podcast and send it off to any sort of casting director. (laughs) And we'd be working in a singe. We're going to be on SNL. They're going to be like, do you know what we need? We need someone who can do Carol Channing, Stephen Sondheim, and whoever plays that role in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Exactly. Well, honestly, when we're over in NYC that Saturday night, just you wait. Just you wait. We won't be on SNL. (laughs) Bye. See you next week. See you next week. I've noticed that every time I like um, do stuff, uh-huh. like small activities like that, uh-huh. I'm, I always sing. <laughs> Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.